Begin Podfix Network transmission in three, two, one. Night Rider, a shadowy flight into the dangerous world of a man that does not exist. I believe Michael stuffed his pants in Devin's mouth. <laughs> that's right, Devin. You think that's funny? And he just swallows the pants. <laughs> I just, I'm really not sure if we're going to be able to come back from two weeks ago. That was so much fun. One of the best I think we've ever done. And yes, I'm going to toot my own horn. Because that's the way we roll, ladies and gentlemen. That's the way we roll, we roll. Oh, guys, welcome back to the Knight Rider years. This is a podcast by two friends who share a love of classic 80s television. I'm your host, Dave Champa. I'm uh, I'm your other host, Greg Klein. And, and I gotta say, I don't think that we're going to make this permanent, but I'm really digging the bi-weekly schedule. I like it. My brain pan <laughs> is a lot less say, congested. I think, you know, and taking the two weeks, I think that week off really does help to kind of, it gets me more excited to watch the episode yes. in question. Even though, I mean, we'll talk about it. I had some major issues with this one. Oh my God. But I just think, I think it makes me look forward to it more. Mm-hmm. And then I get to look forward to Alf every other week. <laughs> I know that's that's so so weird. I sincerely hope that for those of you who listen to this show, gave the Alf show a chance because Lucy and I are having an absolute freaking blast <laughs> listening and talking about that. While I while I sadly look through the window in the pouring rain, <laughs> I have to say, the other day Lucy says to me, she goes, "Dad, I really just I really want to know what happens in the next episode. I'm really excited to see what comes up next." Now, I feel like I have to watch along, but I know I'm not going to. You sh- well, you could. That's the series, the seasons are cheap. I know. That one was like what, 18 bucks, I think? Oh, I think man. that's how much I bought. I think all I'm going to have to start for. watching Three's Company, I think. It's so good. Maybe just do your own solo podcast. <laughs> That's yeah, I think so. It's, <laughs> something's brewing. That might be fun. I don't know. Let's just let's just throw that out there. Just throw throw it out there. Greg into might the feel ether. like he wants to do his own solo podcast. I don't know. I don't know. It's totally possible. That's all I got. Greg, how's your week been? It's been good. Yeah, it's been stressful in a po- <laughs> positive stress. Yeah, no, that's a, a lot, thing. A lot of stuff. A yeah, lot of things absolutely. going on. A lot of emails written. A lot of conversations had. Okay. Um. Yeah, right. that's that's what I got going on. So a positive stress. Things are busy. Business Things. is probably you said you said this weekend you have how many? So I'm in the tourism business. We've got a uh, we've got uh, 15 tours operating this Saturday and Sunday. Yeah. So when does the first one start on Saturday? 10 a.m. 10 a.m. La- last, last one, one rolls when? The last one departs at 5:30. Uh, 
okay. ends at eight. Okay. Something. So ten to eight is your. Are you working the whole schedule? Oh no. Oh okay. No. You're just on call. Yep, just okay. in case anything happens. I'll and get Sunday, how many you got on Sunday? We get five on Sunday. All right, that's not as bad. Normally, we have eight on a Saturday and two on a Sunday, but we decided, you know, we've got ten on yeah. a Saturday and five on a Sunday. Now, will you have any, because this coming Monday is Memorial Day, will you have any on Monday? No. Is it by design? Yeah. Th- uh, uh, yes. Oh, okay. All right. Well, that's good. Will you go to where you work? Will you take the day off? I don't know. Oh. We don't really take, ho- we don't have holidays. Oh, all right. Okay. I just... Just I I wasn't sure I wasn't sure because it feels like Memorial Day would be a big holiday yeah. for a brew tour. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, yeah. I honestly I can't even think. Okay, I can't see beyond tomorrow. That's fine. I'm in the same. I'm in the same boat. I actually am starting my vacation as of five o'clock tonight. As we're recording this, we're recording this on May twenty second. Oh, it's so hot. My vacation started uh, at five o'clock. Is so that, does that ex- that explains why you're just wearing that mesh shirt? Uh, it feels so good. It's yeah. so tight. It's an, uh. it's an extra small. <laughs> so if I start talking really really fast and I start running out of breath really really quickly, yeah, just. Cut the shirt, Greg. I mean, I don't know because it, it's. It, I know that you know fishnet's kind of hot and stuff, but that's actual fishnet. It is. It is, and it's it's actually starting to chafe. Yeah, and it and smells terrible. I actually wore it under my work shirt so that it's been on since seven o'clock this oh, morning. Oh, like a hair shirt to remind you of of your devotion. Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, Greg, something else interesting happened to us t- today. Oh, God. Today. Oh, actually, yes. I will say today. So about thir- f- 14 hours ago, roughly, <laughs> yep. 14 hours ago. So Greg and I have always made an idea in our head. We always had this idea like whenever one of us has to get up to go to the bathroom, we should just text <laughs> the other one regardless of what time it is. And maybe one of these times the other one will catch it catch the text that's right and i so for years it has never happened it's either like greg will forget to go to the bathroom or forget to take his <laughs> greg will never forget hey dave i'm texting you right now but uh totally forgot to go to the bathroom i guess i'll hold it till the morning <laughs> no so like either greg will forget to take his phone in or i will or then we'll text in the morning saying oh i pooped at three o'clock and i didn't text you <laughs> so for the first time in ever in years it's true it finally happened so Lucy, our nine-year-old, got up about one thirty this morning, discombobulated, and just walked into our room and said, Dad, what time is it? I said, oh, honey, it's only one thirty. Why don't you go back to bed? She was very complacent. was like, okay, great. She went back to bed. But it was just enough for Kristen and I to both look at each other and say, hmm, hmm. great. <laughs> so turn the TV. We started Netflix on, and we, just started, we were just chilling out. I got up and went to the bathroom and got a glass of water. 3.08 comes along, and I'm still awake, and I see my phone light up and i look down and it's from greg and i'm not going to read you the whole text because i don't have it basically the gist of the text was got up to go to the bathroom now i can't go to sleep i guess i'll watch night rider <laughs> and i wrote back and i said oh this is amazing and you wrote back and you sent me just a kissy face right i did yeah <laughs> so 308 a.m greg is watching night rider i'm watching the office in my bed with my wife <laughs> okay all right here, here is what I said. What is the actual Quote, text? Wednesday, May 22nd, 2019, 2.30 a.m. Taking a dump and about to watch the episode because I can't sleep. What did I write back? Fair enough. That's right. That's right. Kissy face. End of conversation. Was that me? So I, I think it was a long, it was a bit of a wait, wasn't it? Uh, you wrote me at 3.08, so you're correct, but that was uh, 40 minutes after I, I sent so it. So yeah, it was almost a half hour Which after. Which actually, it made me so happy because I was in the throes of the episode and I got your text acknowledging it. I'm like, 
That's right. Just because I figured. So when I got the text, it was like 35 or so minutes afterwards. And I'm like, oh, he's got to be still watching the episode. So I'm going to text him back right now. <laughs> and sure enough, he wrote me right back. And that was it. And it just, for some reason, in my eyes, I was like, that is, that's a moment that I will always remember. Like, yep. both of us in the middle of the night. <laughs> You're watching Knight Rider, and I'm just laying in bed because I can't go back to sleep. Man, that was great. That was a. I want to remember that moment. That made me laugh. It really did. Not so much like this episode, though. <laughs> no, no. Um. So before we get into the episode, we actually have Twitter poll results, which oh, I put up. Goodness. I put up for a longer period of time because now okay. we're doing every two. So the first question I had was, who is more likely to ask questions the entire fucking movie, Devin or Portakit? Ah, yes. You and I both agreed that it was going to be Portakit because he's always in the level of always wanting to know everything. And Devin is the prim and proper one yep. who just doesn't want to disrupt the other theater goers. Yes, he'd be like, shh. He'd rather even, be though, even though they're in a midnight showing of Deep Throat, it doesn't make it. It's fine. <laughs> so our listeners agreed with us. 60, ah. 67% said Portakit. Ah. 33% said Devin, but nobody decided to tell us why. That's okay. That's okay. That's all right. Um, the next one was the one that made me laugh the most. Uh, who's more likely to get trapped by a revolving door, Garth or Michael? Man, this was like this blew my mind when we were talking about this. And I think we both agreed and said Garth and Michael. Yeah, yeah, they would <laughs> get just... both trapped trying to get Portakit. Yeah, exactly. And they would just neither one would let the other one out, and Kit would just be on the outside being like, "Boys." Yeah. Boys. It's starting to rain out here. <laughs> Boys. I'm in a television set. Um, and so I'm apt to believe that our listeners agreed that it was going to be Garth and Michael because it was 50-50. Oh, boy. The vote was split 50-50. Um, wow. So those were our those were fun ones. Those ones made me laugh a mm. lot. Even now thinking about Garth and Michael just standing there staring at each other. Can you imagine that? Just fuming <laughs> and then pouting and sitting on the floor and refusing to let the other one budge. Refusing to let people in and out this of the is, building. Yeah, right. It doesn't, right. It's somewhere. It's a really busy populated building, but yeah. they're not letting anyone know. The cops won't. The co- cops are trying to. And it's bulletproof, so they can't like break through. Of course through. it's bulletproof. They can't break through the glass. They're just sitting there. <laughs> So, um, so that made me laugh. So, lastly, and I forgot to do this last week, we got a weird hotline message. Oh, yeah? And I cannot believe that I forgot to play this for you last week. I can't believe that you forgot to play this either. It's from a main number, and I don't know who it, well, I don't know who it is. So, I'm going to let it play, and we'll see. Greg, you can tell me if you, you can decipher this. Okay. Hey, Greg and Dave. It's Rebel at the Chancellor of Hell here. Long-time listener, first-time caller. I'm a little shy. Just wanted to say that we are Legion and we love, love, love the show down here and wanted to let y'all know, keep it up and we'll see you real soon, real soon. Hail Satan, XOXO again, this is the Dremelec. Hey Greg and Dave, the Dremelec, the Chancellor of Hell here. What, that's it? That's the message. The Chancellor of Health? I don't understand it. I and so Google Translate Oh yeah, what's it say? Gave me a terrible translation. Um and so here's what it says. It says, Hey click. Okay. It's Dave. It's Rebel at the Chancellor, healthier longtime listener, first time caller. I'm a little shy, just wanted to say that we are Legion and we love, love, love the show down here and wanted to let you all know, keep it up, and we'll see you again real soon, real soon. Hail Savings XOXO. <laughs> Again, this is a privilege. Hey, Gregory, if trouble with the Chancellor healthier. 
<laughs> I don't understand what that means. Trouble with the Chancellor Healthier. Yeah, I don't understand what it means. I don't know who it's from. I don't recognize the number. It's it's a main it's a main number. It's a main cell phone, but I don't recognize who it would come from. Oh, jeez, I'm crow. It has to be one of your friends. Maybe. I, I don't have any friends. I don't recognize it. Well, thank you. At all. I'm going to do some sleuthing now. And then another weird thing happened oh, God. this week. So you, I'm, yes. It's 7 o'clock in the morning. I'm getting ready for work, and I look at my phone, oh. and it's ringing, and it says Atari Bytes. Okay. And I was like, that's weird. I didn't pick up. I just let it go. I was like, oh, Bill must be leaving a voicemail. Uh-huh. And I'm like, that's weird, but it's ringing to my personal cell phone. <laughs> so it rings. Longest time goes by, and there's no voicemail. Finally, it pops up, and it's like three and a half minutes. <laughs> and so I get into my Google Voice, and I listen to it, and it's a pocket dial. <laughs> so I message Bill on Twitter, and I'm like, hey, the weirdest thing just happened. Like, your hotline called my personal cell phone and left a butt-dialed voice message. And so we had a lot of fun back and forth saying that <laughs> Kit must have hacked into it. Somehow, the Atari Bytes hotline mm. got my... Because I called the number from my cell yeah, phone. Yeah, which is a Google Voice number, right. right? So the hotline number for Atari Bytes called my cell phone number. That's amazing. And left a butt-dial. That Oh, my God. <laughs> Bill, you're, I, you're, you're starting a monster. I don't understand how that happened. It was it just made me laugh and I wrote to Bill and I'm like, this is the funniest thing I think. It made me chuckle a lot. I'm like, oh cool, Bill's gonna leave us a hotline message. But that would make it would come from another number, wouldn't well, it? And he was saying the same thing. It makes no sense because it's just a dummy phone number. Like yeah. you shouldn't be able to call out from the hot like I don't know. I mean, I probably could, but it would take more than my phone just like ret like in my ass. <laughs> <laughs> dialing a phone number. Oh my god, maybe that's how you can do it. All right, I can I can call from your hotline number if I put your phone in my ass. <laughs> it was the weirdest weirdest thing. I it was it made me laugh a lot though. <laughs> hey Greg, David, do you want to uh want to talk about today's episode? I do. You want to take you want to you want to take a ride? You want to take a ride down to the uh, down to the deep south? Oh, yeah, sure. All right, guys, here we go. It is season two, episode ten, Ring of Fire. All right, Greg. So I think we've deciphered there are very few things in this world that Kit cannot withstand. Correct. Okay. The one thing we have found out in this episode that Kit cannot withstand. Is the freaking bayou. <laughs> the bayou, David. Kit can't handle the bayou. Kit, uh, Kit, you found your match. Gal- App- apparently, it's that. That's... Goliath, not so much. No. You know, Garth, nope. not so much. Nope. nope. Bombs, explosions, not so much. No, nope. yeah, driving over bombs and exploding underneath his undercarriage. Nope. Yeah. Not a problem at all. Absolutely not a problem at all. Um, accidentally driving into a Louisiana swamp. With high humidity, mm. that's that's the one. There you go. That'll that'll do it to you every there time. There you Kit. go. There it is, guys. And there it is. Kit hates the Bayou, <laughs> and it was bad because he was so miserable. Kit was so mad in this whole episode. He was just angry. And well, he was. I mean, 
first of all, Michael was driving like shit the entire episode, wow. yes. which we have come to expect. But Kit's also, you could hear it, like whoever was doing the audio for this episode, <laughs> the audio of Kit driving through the bayou was just complete garbage. It was I just, love it. It was like Michael driving the Studebaker. Couldn't do it. So Kit in the bayou... Not something that I think he'll ever want to see again. No, and I'm really surprised. We have we just have to talk about this. Yes, it's all kinds of yeah weirdness. I well and okay. Well, we'll get to it in a minute. So we open the episode on the bayou uh-huh. where we see a guy, and basically he's he's in a chain gang. Mm-hmm. Okay, and one man in particular, clearly not pulling his weight. So one of the one of the guards kind of harasses him. He throws his drink in his face. Well, well he, he was he was drinking a beer. Yeah, no, he was drinking a beer. A beer. That's right. Yeah, it was. It was a um, like a gold metal can. Yeah, he just like threw it in his face, uh-huh. took him to the ground, and he was just like, "You better start pulling your weight around here." And the guy somehow snags the key off the guard, uh-huh. nonchalantly just undoes his handcuffs in front of the guard, like uh, his shackles on his legs. Yeah. yeah, disarms the guard, gets in the car. And drives away from the entire scene. Yeah, and says, no one else is coming with me. Don't even ask. Okay. And leaves. Yep. And leaves. It's gone. It's gone forever. So. And never changes his clothes. No. Does he? Throughout the entire episode. Is he wearing the same outfit? As far as I could tell. Okay. I didn't. I wasn't paying attention to I that think, part. Yeah. <laughs> so at the foundation, Kid is testing out his new pyroclastic lamination. Okay. Uh, it's basically a heat shield uh-huh. that can protect him from up to, what does he say, 800, Eight, 800 degrees. 800 degrees. And Fahrenheit. he was asking Michael, why would I ever need to be around 800 degrees? Like, right. And they're in like a heat, um, like a like a paint bay, like to bake paint on, like enamel right. paint and stuff. Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, and Michael's just like, well, come on, kid, we got to figure this out. And April comes out with Mike, Michael's like heat proof suit and was like, all right, Michael, it's your turn. Get in. And Michael's like, whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean? Well, Kit's like, well, Michael, aren't you ready for this? Aren't you ready for it, Michael? <laughs> well, just think about it. So, okay, they were going to bake Kit to make sure that everything worked. Right. But then they were also going to force Michael probably to sit inside of Kit or in the room and bake along with him. Which I think is funny that Michael didn't anticipate that because right. wherever Kit's going to be, Michael's going to be. Mm-hmm. So Michael's going to have to figure out <laughs> which if he which could is silly because... Shouldn't Michael just be inside Kit without the protective equipment? If this pyroclastic lamination is supposed to protect him, sure. Then Michael should be protected without a wet, without a wet suit. All the stuff that suit. that uh, April keeps adding to to uh, to Kit must be like cranking his weight up like Seriously. so much. Kit must weigh so much. Seriously, so. The test has to get postponed, of course, mm-hmm. as Devin waltzes in with a cassette tape that is not necessarily foundation business, according to Devin. <laughs> What the f- like where whatever and michael's like oh oh great kit and i'll listen to it on the way that's awesome we're gonna have to postpone that test all but right on the way to where to his next mission i'm assuming he's going to be listening to the tape while he drives blindly figuring out where he has to go fair enough um so this gets to the first issue that i have with the episode uh-huh. the accents in this episode are borderline unintelligible <laughs> Okay, <laughs> this main character, Layla, uh-huh. she is the easier to understand of the other ones. And then you have the bad Cajuns, uh-huh. who I could not, for the life of me, understand half of what they were saying. But I think, isn't that sort of the point, though? Was it, though? I mean, yes, it is. I think I, it was the point. Yeah. But I didn't understand what half the story was because I didn't know what they were saying. What I really like, so Michael puts this cassette inside of in tips, tips, 
Tim's Kate Peck. Tim's Katapun. My God. Kit's Tape Deck. That is harder to say than it sounds. Kit's Tape Deck. And Michael starts, he's like, analyze that voice, Kit. He's like, well, it's a woman, and it's clearly a woman. <laughs> so, yes, I forgot about the, yeah. Yeah, it's like, it sounds like, it sounds like a girl. It's like, well, Michael, it's a woman, about 18 years old, a lot of stress. Um, judging by the way that she's making her words, uh, um, like, not intelligent, How not, can sort you of. tell that? He's, she's don't... 18. What? Really? It's, it's Kit. David. It is Kit. It is Kit. And so... The woman on the tape, from what I gather, she's describing a man named Christopher, who's her husband, who is on the run from the law, and she's afraid that she is his next victim, mm-hmm. and that she's worried that she is now going to be killed by her husband. Don't Please don't let him kill me. Yes. Man in question's name is Christopher Callan, who apparently has had a prior conviction for a brutal murder, according to what Kit says when they pull the record. Mm-hmm. And now Michael must find Layla Cullen, Callan, before Christopher murders her. And I did like this line where Kit's like, well, Michael, how are you going to find this person in the town? And Michael says, oh, it's a small town. How many Callens could there be? And then we cut to the next scene, and it's literally every storefront is like Callens hardware, Callens yeah. groceries. Callens this, Callens this. So apparently the Callens pull a lot of weight in this town. I guess so. I was like, oh, damn, okay. Um, yeah, so Michael's, I don't even really know where he said they were. Uh, somewhere in the bayou, like somewhere in the south. I don't know where specifically they were. But they get to the town, and Michael does what he does best, stir up the pot, and see what rises, essentially. <laughs> Unbelievable. So the first thing Michael does is just start asking people questions, which he's done in... Which, remember that episode that MacGyver did when he got put in jail in the... In the this is what I was remembering. It feels like the same Because town. the next scene comes up, and this is exactly what they do to him. They just screw MacGyver big time, and they do the same thing to Michael. So Michael's asking about Layla... We get this, like, C-plot. It's like a subplot involving Kit and the dogs again. <laughs> Apparently, Kit That's and the dogs right. are a thing. And it, it's... They, they, like, they they exponentially, like, increase this subplot with the dogs. Where we first get this episode in season one where Kit's like, don't you come near me, dog. And he, like, turns into a lion and, like, roars at the dog who <laughs> runs away. This episode, apparently because Kit is in the bayou and he's, like absorbing the smells of the bayou i know all the dogs are attracted to him and that's what we get almost every time we see kit on scene and he but he slowly starts to warm up to them over the course of the of the course of the episode which is funny i thought it was a funny <clears throat> ending for that absolutely but yeah michael going around um, and immediately he's going back to kit this police car drives up alongside i love this part and the guy's <laughs> like great I'm going to have to citate you. Citate, citate you? Citate you. Sure. I'm yeah. going to have to write you a ticket for a broken taillight. He's like, Michael's like, what are you talking about? What taillight? I loved this. This one. And he tries to kick Kit to break the taillight, and nothing like happens. Like three times and nothing happens. He's like, eh. regardless of this here broken taillight, you ran a stop sign. Michael's like, I haven't seen a stop sign for 100 miles. He's like, it was back there. You just, you ran it. It was, you did that. You're going to, you're coming with me. And he had like the best little reaction. He's like, all right, I'm taking you in. And Michael's like, nobody takes me in, or something like right. that, except whatever. Well, I don't remember. I don't know. I, I built that up, and I, I let well, you Well, he down. basically argues with the cop, and the cop's like, well, you're coming with me. And he takes him, and he puts him in the car. Mm-hmm. Just drives away and leaves Kit. And Michael's like, okay, here we go. And Kit's just like, so much for Southern hospitality. Seriously. So instead of this police officer taking Michael to prison, he takes him to this like beautiful, sprawling mansion. In the South, and it belongs to basically the judge. Of course it does. <laughs> judge Callan, who owns most of the town, apparently. He pulls a <laughs> lot of weight in this town. And so Michael 
just cuts right to the chase and he's like what about your son chris heard he was a murderer <laughs> i know <laughs> the judge is like i ain't seen well, a murder i ain't seen nothing and i love it because the judge is like so why are you looking for that tramp layla michael's like personal <laughs> the judge says listen i'm gonna give you some advice and i don't want you to go against this because you're a fish out of water in this town mm-hmm. you get out of here and you don't mess this up and of course you know i mean so that's he gives him the warning like don't mm-hmm. overstep your boundaries while you're in my town mm-hmm. the judge just basically gives him that ultimatum like i'm gonna let you off easy who played that judge i don't know but he was great sure looked like ernest borgnine he did look like he did he had an, a borgy feel yeah but it wasn't and i didn't have any i didn't want to do anything other than cursory research uh-huh. so, so, I didn't, so i didn't look it up so you get so far as to like maybe open I didn't even open IMDb to look. Okay. Nope. I just use my basic Knight Rider Archives website, and if it says something fun about it, I'll put it up, and if not, that's it. Anyway, Michael gets dropped back off by Kit, Uh huh. and a priest walks up to Michael, claiming that he sent the tape, and he's going to have, he says, Michael, meet me at the church. I sent the tape. And as the priest walks away, we pan across to the top of a building across the street where we see Chris. Uh Uh-huh. With a sniper rifle, uh-huh. shoots the priest down, and Michael starts giving chase to this gentleman. Yeah, and he Chris jumps instead of dis- disappearing into the building. He jumps off the roof onto like an awning and runs off someplace. Yeah, and runs away. And Michael tells Kit to give chase to this guy. Right. And Michael's chasing on foot. Kit's trying to cut him off. Chris runs to a police car in right. front of the police station. Yep. Steals the police car and you see like a deputy or something in the in the police station is like, eh, and turns around and goes back inside, doesn't right. pay attention right. to it. Because I think if you feel like he knows that this is Chris. Yeah. And like he knows don't like just don't step in between whatever's going on, clearly there's a reason right. for it. Exactly. I don't want to cross the judge. Exactly. Yeah. Um and then so Michael gives chase. Um and and I love this some great model work in this. There's next some, scene. I, there really was some great very model impressive work in this model scene. work. It was actually quite good. Michael's driving and driving. Chris is ahead of him. They're going through the woods. They're st- it's starting to get the road's starting to get more, narrower and narrower. And Kit's trying to figure out where to go. Chris launches over like this pile of dirt and it, uh, like try to lo- over the dirt into like he tries to go over a pond. Yeah. And then Michael tries to go over a pond and fell, fall short. Which I think is hysterical. So Chris ends up almost making it to the other end of the pond. And basically, he's like the front of the car ends up on the shore and the back of the car is stuck in yeah. the water. Yeah. Kit barely makes it halfway over the pond before just plummeting straight down into the middle of the pond. And Kit's stuck. Kit can't go forward, can't go backward. They try to turbo boost. Nothing happens. It's like all the, the water is getting into his circuitry and it's causing a system malfunction. Which so is unbelievable. Work. Right. Because hasn't Kit like driven through water before? So here's my issue because in this season, this is the season we see Amphibious Kit. Right. This episode was written second in production order. So Kit didn't have the Amphibious... Stop the, the amphibious whatever April put in yet. That's right. Kit doesn't have the amphibian capabilities yet because this was written before that episode. Because they were going to test it, right? Yeah. In that episode that w- they never tested it, with, though. With the scuba diver. Right, Return to Cadiz. Cadiz, right, yeah. right, because they never tested it. Maybe that's the thing. Maybe it just didn't work. They just never tested it. So that was, so yeah. So, but this is where you get some really cool model work yeah. in this episode. So Kit, so Michael fires the grappling hook out of the back of kit mm-hmm. hits a tree and starts like reeling kit backwards and michael's like kind of like slowly ba- trying to hit the hit reverse and back up <laughs> 
Kit does not successfully pull himself out. He pulls the tree down on top of him. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? What? I know. Kit pulls the tree out of the ground, and Michael, like, is, is, they're stuck there. Yeah. Kit basically, effectively, like, covered himself with a tree. So Michael gets out of Kit mm-hmm. and walks to the shore because he hears dogs. He hears a bunch of dogs. So the first thing, Michael's like, oh, I hear dogs. That means there must be people with them. Exactly. So I'm thinking, it's probably the police. You should not be there. Right. But no, he runs straight up to them and says, hey, help. Help me. I'm right here. Hi. But they're not escort dogs. Nope. They're out to eat his face. And they literally, the, the, this, this, this first act ends with Michael getting attacked by a pack of wild dogs. <laughs> I really, I laughed so hard watching this. I'm like, oh my god, he's literally getting attacked by a pack of dogs in the bayou. Like the gnarliest little dog. Like it didn't make sense. Like Michael, why wouldn't you stay in Kit? Why wouldn't you like seriously? Like all every everything he does is just wrong for real. So, so he comes to in this like this run down old shack. There's like two men outside. We find out later that there's a woman in the house as well. And Michael starts trying to explain. But let's what does Mike? Let's talk about the way Michael looks. Hot? Yeah, of course. Well, how, tell but, me. Okay, so his shirt's unbuttoned all the way down, oh, so it's sure. wide open. Of course it is. But under his shirt, he's wrapped with bandages like on his body, around his chest and his stomach. Right. Presumably from the dogs that have chewed him up. Yes. Badly enough that he needed to be repaired. Right. He needed to be wrapped around his chest in his However, midsection. However, his shirt, which is unbuttoned, is completely fine. Yeah. Which he was wearing when he was attacked. Right. Through his leather jacket. Yep. And he's like all out of breath. Like It's like he lost like two quarts of blood. It's like, uh, okay, what's going on? No, he bounces what back happened? real quick after oh this. Oh, my God. I think I have rabies. <laughs> Probably do. Ooh, rabid Michael. Rab- oh, my God. He, he just starts acting weirder and getting more like aggressive. But it carries on through the entire four seasons. Right. And it's just the gets longest worse and worse. case of rabies ever. Yeah. That that wouldn't last. What is it, like a month? I think it's very, it's very like you seven weeks. It, it ends up with you being like you just, you stop, like you can't drink water. Like you can't do Yeah, it like, eats your brain. <laughs> so, yeah, he wouldn't last more than a month for sure. That's not funny. No, that's it's not, not. David, that's not I'm funny. Sorry. So, Michael begins explaining to everyone like why he was there and what he was trying to do. And the man was like, he kind of tells Michael to stop and he goes into the back room and he brings a woman out and it turns out that the woman is Layla the one that Michael's been looking for mm-hmm. and Michael tells Layla oh I'm here I'm here to rescue you mm-hmm. and Layla says to Michael because Michael asks about the car and Layla's like no, no no I assure you those my men will take care of your car it's fine her don't brothers, worry about her it brothers. is it her brothers yeah. see I couldn't understand my brothers t- couldn't okay, understand so I'm not gonna be even doubly like offensive because it's gonna sound jamaican if i try it so okay my brother's man (laughs) oh god that's awful so 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 she's she's cajun she says that she's cajun right uh this is this is the uh just quick quick definition off of off of the intertubes um a member of any of the largely self-contained communities in the bayou areas of south louisiana formed by descendants of french canadians speaking an archaic form of french Okay. So, yes, you can tell that she's speaking French, um, but they also tried to make her sound, like, simple. Right. Like, not well-educated, um, which came across weird. Um, really good-looking girl. Like, dress is really nice. Yes, fairly attractive. I didn't quite buy it that they're living in this shack. That's fine. Yep. Um, but, yeah, she was like, Michael, I, I'm not going back with you because uh, he'll find me no matter where we go. Right. He's like, I'm safer here in the bayou. Right, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So we cut back to the judge's house where Chris is thanking his father for getting him off the road gang. And I love the next line the judge has was like, 
I didn't do it so you came home and shot the minister. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I didn't do that for you to go home. And, do- and so apparently the story is, is that the minister stole Layla from Chris and he's kind of hell-bent on revenge and he's going to try to kill the minister because he took his wife. Yeah, but no, well, the, the first guy that looked at Layla f- crossways or looked at Layla was, was the, the one he killed. Guys, murdered him. I don't know how. No. But Colombian with necktie? A, with, a, with a cheese grater, maybe? Oh, Booker. Booker. Sorry. Colum- well, and, nah. Nah. Nope. 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 So the judge basically tells Chris, you go ahead and forget about that Cajun trash. <laughs> yeah. Don't right. go out in the bayou. I don't want to find you out there. Just stop. Let her go and get out of it. Like, I've saved you too many times. You're just, you're such an idiot. Right. Stop being an idiot. Right. Stop being, like, just stop. Just stop it now. <laughs> of course he can't. Of course not, but because that's... he's still wearing the same clothes that he broke out of prison yep. in. Yep. And he's going to continue. I'm going to bring that up again. He's going no, to. No, that's fine, because the next time we see him is not very much longer from this, po- this point, because we cut to that night back in the bayou. Michael's trying to get in touch with Kit on the radio. Nothing's can't Nothing's you can't happening. get through to him. So he and Layla are outside chatting. Mm-hmm. Apparently, the bad Cajuns is what she refers to them as. Threatened to take everything away from her, uh-huh. which is where we learned that Chris killed a stranger from the north who was much like Michael. We find out that that's who it was. This one other person who tried to hit on Layla. Right. Layla is really anxious to actually leave the bayou, even though Michael keeps pushing it. Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't want to leave. I don't know any other life. I don't want to get yeah. the hell out Basically, of here. She has like a little a little like transistor radio that she keeps playing music on, and she references it a couple of times, like sort of like it's her window to outside the bayou. Like I hear I hear about big cities all the time, but I don't know what would happen if I went there. Like th- this is my home. This is all I know. This is where right. I feel safe. Right. Absolutely. Remember that she says, This is my home. This is all I know. Just remember that. Let's just pinpoint. Let's just put a little pin right there. So the next morning, Chris is still dressed the same as he's rowing down the river, (laughs) (laughs) assuming he's trying to head towards Layla's shack. Because he knows where that is. Exactly. Uh, As we see that Chris is also being tailed by, we assume it's the bad Cajuns. Yeah, uh, Davy Crockett or whoever that guy was. Big white Bob, like Cajun Bob Ross. (laughs) Okay, Cajun Bob Ross. Cajun Bob Ross. And I don't know who the other guy was, but he had the red hat. He just couldn't understand a word he was saying. Uh, Um, So this man, this guy comes out out of nowhere and sort of like confronts Chris. And Chris is like, I want Layla. You're going to bring her to me right now. And Chris makes a deal yeah, with he, this guy. He's like, you're the, you're the best out here. You know where she is. You're going to help me find her. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, I know where she is. And he's like, here's what I'm going to do. He's like, I'm going to make you a deal. He's like, you tell your father to lay off my men who are poaching for meat. Mm-hmm. And we'll give you Layla. And Chris is like, done. Yeah. <laughs> Fine. Absolutely. Yeah. No problem whatsoever. Um, so Michael sneaks out of the house. Mm-hmm. in the next scene and he finds kit who's being protected by a dog <laughs> which is weird that michael felt like he, he sort of had to sneak out i mean he's not being held captive no he was being held there until he recovered right so this is the next day and we find kit like in a lean-to like protected yeah uh next to the house but there's this mangy dog in front and kit's like oh don't worry about him he's my guard dog right michael's like what you, well he michael's freaked out because it's probably the dog that tried it's, to bite his face exactly <laughs> bite his face off and so Kit kind of backs the dog off, and apparently the dogs now listen. Yeah, to Kit. To Kit. Because he, he's, uh, he's somehow inserted transmitters inside of them. Of course he has. Whoop. We're not going to talk about that. Nah. Uh, Kit is shockingly still malfunctioning. None of his circuitry works. But, so basically, 
when Michael said, Kit, I was trying to call you last night. What happened? He's like, Michael, I heard you, but apparently I can't transmit. Right. He can hear things coming in, but he cannot... Like, nobody can hear him trying to talk back. Okay, okay, Kit, so you can't transmit? Okay, try to call Devin. No problem. Calls Devin. Boom. Calls Devin and talks to April. Transmit and receive. Yeah. Absolutely no problem. There's a little bit of fuzz, but you can clearly they can have a conversation. Totally fine, but Kit can't transmit 200 feet to your shitty little wristwatch. <laughs> right. And who knows where they are in relation to the foundation. Yeah. <laughs> God only knows where they are. In relation to the foundation. It's fun <laughs> to say, too. So... April, basically, through this conversation, uh, Michael decides that he can repair Kit's diagnostic indicator, but April's going to have to actually patch in the schematic of the circuitry. It's funny, though, because Michael basically tells April that he can't even run the diagnostic system because it's bad. Right. So April's like, okay, it's clearly shorted out, so you just got to fix it manually to fix the diagnostic system to diagnose the real problem. Right, exactly. Like all these layers of horseshit. But April gets cut off before she can send anything. I know. <laughs> Shockingly. Aw, April. So these guys, the, the bad Cajuns descend on the house. Layla takes off out the front door. Let's call them Bajans. The Bajans. <laughs> And then Michael and Kit drive off as the Bajans chase <laughs> Layla at breakneck speed. So this is it. Michael and Kit are driving through the bio at breakneck speed. These other guys, the Bajans, the bad Cajuns, are chasing them on foot right. with rifles and trying to get Layla. So she sort of gets away, but then Michael pulls up. Open, Kit opens the door. She jumps in. And they had some little scene that they had the show where she dropped her little radio. She says, oh, my radio. Right. Reaches down and gets it. And I don't know why they really showed that because they never really played into it at all. No. Um, and then they take off. Right. In the, into, the, into the bayou someplace. Yep. And the, the bad Cajuns uh, show up and they're kind of like, all right, we got to find them. They start, they start leaving to, fa- to chase them. Right. Exactly. Exactly. This is when Michael is asking Kit, Kit, do you know where we are? And Mike, and he's Kit, like ish. Well, Kit says, you know, Michael, under any other circumstance, I should feel quite offended. Um, but, you know, considering the circumstance, honestly, I don't know exactly where we right, are. Right. Exactly. If they're traveling north, south, east, west. And all I'm thinking is like, you know what? Look at the sun. Maybe yep. you could figure that out. You'll know what time it is. You or, know where hey, you're headed. Let's ask Layla. Hey, Layla, you live out here. Where are we? Yeah. She's like, I've never I haven't been out here for years. So you, you have it. It's like 400 yards from your house. Yep. <laughs> I, I don't know where we are. I haven't been out here for years. I'm not really sure where we are. Right. And they were like driving for a minute. Yeah. They were not driving for that long. <laughs> so so as they're driving around and they're trying to figure out where to go, Kit ends up getting stuck in a gator trap. Oh, my God. I know. Kit's, Kit's, watch out for that bear trap. <laughs> Bam. Drives right over the trap. It's like a, it's like a boot, a parking boot. Right. He grabs his front tire. And the thing is... Kit's tires are bulletproof. Right. He could have just driven through it. Don't you think that if the gator trap had closed, it would have just bent all the teeth of the trap? (laughs) I know. But no, Michael and Layla have to get out, and Michael pries it off with a piece of wood. Kit backs up. And I was like, Kit backs up. And I was like, and when they drive forward, he should drive over it again. Click, damn it. I, I had that thought. So I was like, oh my God, please drive over it again. But this is the thing, like, much like last episode where Kit was stuck inside of a portable television set. Right. Here, Kit is, but he's just the car. Like, all of his. All of his functions are bad He's and have shorted out. completely useless. And it's just like, what? The, come on. Yeah. So as they drive past this, they come to a poacher's shack, uh-huh. as Layla refers to it as, and it basically gives her an idea of base of, of kind of where they might be. But it's she said her father built it. Yes. Yes. When they yes. moved here. Exactly. 
Yeah. But it was now turned into a poacher's shack. Right. And they just keep excess food and things like that. And eventually, as they drive past the poacher's shack, they come across... It's basically just a Cajun barbecue. But Michael's also like, okay, you should figure out where we are from here, right? She's like, I don't know. I'm um, maybe. You just she's said, like she's she, like if if it's if I'm anything like your car, maybe. She like, literally said as they drove by the that poacher's shack that this should give him an idea as to which way to go to get out of the bayou. Yeah. Then they pull up on the Cajun barbecue and she's just like, she's oh. like she has no idea where she is. Okay, no. that's the thing. She grew up here, she feels safer here. She knows the bayou well because she she's right. goes in and out. Her father built that place, yet she has no idea where she is. Right, exactly, exactly. But Michael's like, okay, I'm going to finish working on Kit. He sort of does, and then they drove. For I don't know how long, they drove. Yep. But then the bad Cajuns find them. They're right there, and they've been on foot the entire time. That, mm, yep, I don't understand it. I don't get what, like, yep, they just somehow caught them. They just drove around a big circle. It was super bizarre. So... <laughs> Chris grabs Layla, and he runs as Michael and one of the bad Cajuns get into a knife fight. Shockingly, Michael wins. Yep. Kit and Michael then get in the car and chase after Chris and Layla, but they lose her as Michael ends up essentially in the middle of nowhere. I I don't know how. I don't get it. I don't know. He drives through some stuff and goes through some other stuff, knocks over some tables, almost runs over some chickens. Which one of these days they're going to do it, and we're going to see it. Like in I the, really hope we like do. Like in this, this, this 4K Knight Rider DVD, we're going to see, yeah, they did run over some chickens. They absolutely did. Yeah. So in what is possibly the quickest final act of an, ep- of an episode, <laughs> this goes from like 0 to 60 in three minutes. So Chris and Layla are in the poacher. They're back in the poacher shack. And Chris is like desperately trying to win her back. Like we belong together. And I'm like, Chrissy Poo. Not doing a great job here. Yeah, she doesn't like you. It's so basically, Chris gets pissy when he sees that Layla took her wedding ring off. Mm-hmm. And so he does the most sensible thing in the world. Um, he gets uh, he, he gets some gasoline, and he lights the poacher shack in the surrounding area mm-hmm. on fire. Yeah, but after he throws her across the room and knocks her out yes. conveniently against a giant stack of dynamite. Yes. Well, she mentions earlier that they were keeping food and dynamite <laughs> in the poacher shack. Oh, we also forgot to mention the pyroclastic lamination. Yes. Almost like he needs to use this I at know. some point in this episode. What do you mean? What do you mean? I, I don't know. So after she gets knocked out in front of the dynamite, like I said, he does the sensible thing and lights the shack and the surrounding forest on fire. Like all of it. <laughs> all of it. You know, like when you when you start to see like a forest fire in a Disney film? Yeah. And it just gets bigger and bigger until like the entire world is engulfed in flames. Yeah, that's exactly what. That's this what's was. happening right here. <laughs> um, so Kit and Michael are now they've they've gotten to the poacher shack and realized that there's fire just engulfing this entire area. And Michael's like, "Well, Kit, I guess now's a good time as any to test that pyroclastic lamination. What do you think?" I don't he's, know, Michael. He's, uh... like, he's like Michael. He's like, I'm barely functioning as it is. What makes you? Th-? And he's like, well, there's only one way to find out. Buckle up, Kit. <laughs> but he hits like hits like overrides and stuff and yeah. whatever. I don't know. And like oh, no, drives he, through. He overrides when he gets in. That's right. So he gets in successfully. He runs in. He grabs Layla, throws her in the driver's seat, and real and realizes that there's no way they're going to get out of there. He has to enough. turbo boost out. So some you know gobbledygook about rerouting the energy systems and transferring everything over to the turbo boost systems mm-hmm. to override the system so that he'll have just enough juice to turbo boost out. Okay, which you he does, sure does successfully. Okay. Bam! He like launches himself right up from a standstill mm-hmm. 
right up out and over the fire. And they drive just far enough away to be completely safe of the fire and get out of the vehicle. I was what any 80s action show would do when something like this is about to happen. You yeah, you get just far enough away, then you get out of the vehicle and watch the house explode. <laughs> exactly. That's pretty awesome. I was and it was a good explosion. It was all right. It was it was fairly it was, impressive. Yeah, I I I was not pleased with it proportional to how much dynamite was actually in that No, shack. that dynamite should have leveled the but entire bayou. Maybe maybe the dynamite's old and just not good. It's like so it's sort of unstable. Was it like the remember the, was like the MacGyver episode in the Sugar Shack? Yeah, the Sugar what was that? The the fountain. It was like season 1, Hellfire. Hellfire, yeah. Season 1. Yeah. How do I remember that but I can't remember last Hellfire, week's Hellfire, the guy broke his leg and MacGyver saved him. And they had to like walk across the loose floorboards to get out before the dynamite blew I know, up the Sugar it's, Shack. It's like you can't drip the nitroglycerin everywhere. They had to drive it back. How like do we remember miles? that from two years ago? But I can't remember last week's episode because Michael's radiant face is just That's pushing true. all those other memories That's out. That's true. All right. So Chris shows up after the house is blown up, starts opening fire on Michael and Layla. Uh-huh. Michael radios to Kit for a distraction, which is basically Kit like pulling up and saying, something, "Hey, buddy," which distracts Chris enough for Michael to disarm him. I see a moose knuckle. <laughs> Loose knuck. That's not what he says. No, it's not at all. So Michael and Chris fist fight. Yep. And Michael wins very quickly. Michael Michael just kind of half knocks him out and just kind of smiles. He's like, yeah. <sighs> He's still wearing the same clothes. <sighs> um, yes, he is. Yes, I think it would is. be funny, though, if Kit slowly was was getting a Cajun accent. <laughs> like he kept experimenting Michael, with it. Michael, come to the bayou, stop, man. Stop it. That's not. Who's with me, man? <laughs> You clearly got that nailed down. <laughs> yeah, man. We we live in the bayou, man. Let's do this. Isn't that what they sound like? God, you're an asshole. I am the worst. So we come back for the finale. We have now like quadrupled the number of dogs that are just jumping all over Kit because Kit hasn't been cleaned yet. So we should mention that Kit has gone from like jet black uh-huh. to almost like a moss green. I know. He's like covered in crap. He's just covered in dirt. The dogs are jumping all over the hood. But Kit seems to be just really kind of enjoying Enjoying the fact so, yeah, that Michael, it's quite it's quite nice. Layla makes the decision that she's going to stay behind, and Michael uh-huh. says to her, he hands her the radio back and uh-huh. says, "If you ever decide to leave, you know where I'll be." Mm-hmm. How you've never told her where you'll be? I know. <laughs> you know. Well, the priest will know because they leave together. Oh, that's true. He, because he wasn't killed; he was just winged in the shoulder. That's true. Is the priest knew how to get that tape to Devin? Uh huh. But it's never explained to us. But, but I, love, okay. I love how the priest, I guess this is the next day, the priest is completely fine. He's just got his arm in a sling, and he's wearing the same clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he is. I mean, the wardrobe budget was probably pretty slim compared to the model work that they have to do for this season. Because no, I have to say, these models are Ten good. episodes in, and they've done, the. I'd say, what, eight out of the last ten episodes? Yeah. have been. There's been some significant model and work he, in these. And here's the deal. Like, I think they went above what they needed to because we're watching this like my television my television david is not quite as big as yours but it's a 53 inch but i'm but still and it looks good 53 whatever i mean it doesn't because these shows were not meant to be watched on 53 whatever 65 inch they're not meant to be watched in this like crisp hd video right you're watching it on a 13 inch tube tv you're not going to know the difference between that so like you and i are picking apart Mm. But I'm loving it because I love models and they I love, look good. Though I they did models. a really good job, and they sometimes really you did can't a nice tell job. at first. Like, wait a second! Oh no! Wow! Like the, the I think what it is is the color grading is the same. They did a good job matching. Exactly. It. Exactly. Unless that was done, you know, in these DVD releases, they might. I bet they remastered some of them yeah. a little bit. So 
Michael pulls Kit into the semi, and April completely starts freaking. Michael, what have you done to this? Oh my! And Michael's like, "No, I'm fine." Yeah, Thanks. he's like all dirty and tattered, I'm, and looks. I'm like good. Crap. He I lost his anything. leather jacket. Yes, he did. I hope he gets it back in the next episode. But it's all gonna be full of bite marks and stuff. He's gonna find a tooth in it. And Devin starts smiling about the whole thing. He's just like being a dick. It's he's like, like oh, well. I didn't have to give him that tape. I mean, April. Okay, so let me be. Let me in in April's defense. Mm-hmm. She has done more work to repair Kit in this season than Bonnie did in all of season one, That's if true. I had to recall. So giving Bo- April credit for mm-hmm. what they give her to do, which is not much, she's done more to help Kit. Like, I like April. I don't mind April. She's fine. They just give her nothing to do I think but wave freaking glowing dildos over Kit's hood. I know. That's so weird. I have to say, though, there's, uh, the last episode, I preferred the way April looked more. I liked her hair better. Yes. When they give her like those two side ponytails... I'm just like, yeah, oh, you're trying to make her too cute. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, yeah. So, but I don't like, I don't dislike this character of April. I mean, She's fine. okay. So final word, I didn't hate the episode. It was okay. I thought that I liked, I liked the scenario again, where Kit was kind of useless. Yeah. Like I liked seeing helpless Kit. I honestly, my biggest take, my biggest problem was these fucking accents they were so unintelligible at points that I had a hard time understanding and rewinding and trying to rewatch. I really, I really couldn't figure out what was. I, it, it, it kept me from truly enjoying the episode. Oh, really? Well, I watched it at three o'clock in the morning after a great BM, so I was in a pretty zen place. I don't know. It didn't bother me one bit. All right, so I'm gonna have to give this episode a belt buckle. With a turbo boost. You think? I'm going to give it a two and a half. Okay. Straight up, middle of the road, nothing offensive, but just I didn't find it to be that impressive. I d- okay, I'm there with you. I'm going to give it a belt buckle, but I'm I'm not going to give it, go the extra mile. Like a solid belt buckle, that's a two. Okay. Definitely below average. There's some lazy writing in there and just some dumb stuff. Oh, absolutely. That I was like, ah, they could have done more and they just were weird about it. Yeah. Nope. I gotcha. That could have been a a season premiere. Like if it was a two hour show, it might have been better. All right. I'll give you that one. Absolutely. But then we wouldn't have Goliath. Do you want to, uh, you want to rock out with some who's more likely? I do want to rock out with, with some more likely stuff. Okay. All right. First question I have for you, Greg, is who is more likely to throw a fit during a game of Monopoly? Garth or Michael? Are you talking to like okay, a Garth or Michael throws a fit? Now imagining that they were let's 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 broaden the scenario and say that they have been playing this game for seven hours. <laughs> Michael's been like trip double mortgage the houses. Garth's just like racking up this cash. Who's more likely to throw a fit? Because Michael seems like the type of person that would like have this like he he'd have like the spade in his in his pocket. Yeah. And he'd throw this one thing down and just destroy. I mean, I want to say game. it would be too easy to say that it was Garth, though he's the most likely candidate. I think. Right. I want to almost. I, I. I don't know. I want to come up with a scenario where Garth gets the better of Michael through some dumb little glitch. Okay. But I think ultimately it would be Garth because he has to be the one that would flip out over Monopoly. Yeah, I. Uh... I, again, I was the same with you. Like, I want to think Michael would be the bigger baby. I think, you know what? No. I think Michael would be the bigger baby. Yeah. Because I think Garth knows how to play the game subtly and sneakily enough. Uh-huh. But I think Michael would just try to play it straight. And if something doesn't go his way, I think he would just flip himself out. Okay. I think he would just, like, he'd be the guy that would flip the board after seven oh, hours. And all little pieces and the paper goes everywhere. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to say I'm gonna say Michael. Are okay. you saying Garth? I'm going to go with Garth. All right. 
The next question. Yes. Who's more likely to have an embarrassing tattoo? <laughs> Devin or April? <sighs> I mean, what would April's embarrassing tattoo be? I mean, would it be a tramp stamp? Those weren't popular. Maybe an ex-boyfriend on her butt cheek? Would it be like a heart? An ex-boyfriend named Buff? <laughs> Buff or Biffy? Or Biff Buff? <laughs> My ex-boyfriend Biff. Or would Devin's... Devin's... Um, Oh man, I I don't know. What okay. I feel like we talked about shirtless Devin with a tattoo. Shirtless Devin with a tattoo that he got in Paris at the end of World War II yes. with his Do you think that's a regret? Friend. That's a regret for him? I don't know, because he had to kill her because she was part of the SS. Yes. I don't know, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> so this is a tough one. Yeah. Do you wanna do you wanna postpone it? God can and come I, back in two weeks. I wanna postpone it, but while we're sitting here, I came up with a with a secondary. Could I can I ask you one? Yes, please. Who would be more successful at catfish noodling, Devin or April? <laughs> successful at catfish noodling? Yeah, you go, you know, you go under the water, you put your hand in the catfish hole and you noodle the catfish. I've never done it, but I've seen it. <laughs> Devin. Devin would be better than Devin April would at noodling. Absolutely be better. I think just Devin has that war experience that I oh, bet you're right. if he'd been lost in the jungle for days on end, I bet he would know exactly how to get in there and just grab it like do you one, think one do you swipe. think that there's a portion of devin's life where he didn't say a word for like 16 months and he yes. left lived off the land yes he pulled a tom hanks <laughs> and cast away but i think devin would know how to so easily just be like but he, he'd put his hand up like just give me one minute but yeah. he's talking to no one and yeah. he just goes in and just grows right underneath it he pulls out this big ass catfish yeah okay i think it's got to be devin okay and then <laughs> but okay all right yeah i'm into that devin. yeah all right, so we're putting we're gonna put the tattoo on hold for two weeks. I want to really think about that. Think one, about yeah. this one. We'll get it. We'll get a better story about it. Um, and then are we both agreeing that Devin is the better one at catfish noodling? I think so for his for his um, survival training. Okay. <laughs> do you uh, do you want to know what's coming up in the next episode? Oh, please lay it on me. This one I think has potential to be a classic. Oh boy. Okay. Oh boy. So the next episode is season two, episode eleven, nightmares. As in K N I G H T. Yes, I Night- want. I'm really interested. Nightmares. In this one. An explosion renders Michael an amnesiac. A situation <laughs> that sees him revert to his previous identity of Michael Long. With the aid of Kit, he sets about unraveling the mystery of the case he was wrapping up when the accident occurred. Oh, this is going to be great. This is what I'm saying. Like, I I'm am so ready, so in for this episode. This oh, has man. high potential to be an absolute freaking classic, dude. I'm so into this. I'm pumped. It's going to be a long two-week wait, but that's okay. It's going to be this fine. It's going to make it all worth it. Oh, David. Um, let's talk about where people can find us on the interwebs. Oh, they can find us on on, on, on champacline.com, C-I-A-M-P-A-K-L-E-I-N. Mm. You can find us on Instagram at champacline. Yes. You can find us at Twitter at champacline. Yes. You can find us on the Facebooks, Facebook slash champacline. Yes. I think that's it. That's it. Oh, there you go. I oh, got call all. our hotline. Oh, shit. 207-835-1954. And drop us a rate and review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really be happy if you did that. <laughs> that would be great. Any closing thoughts, Greg, before we say good evening? And no, David. This has been a pleasure. All right, then, ladies and gentlemen. So, for the Night Rider years, I am the Ragin' Bajin'. <laughs> <laughs> I am Kit's plugged up dirty parts. Oh, mm. <laughs> that's all. Yeah. All right, guys, have a fantastic week, and we'll see you too.
loyal listener. A fine example of what can truly be done with podcasting. Hard work, consistent output, and just the right amount of guidance from an enigmatic network overlord. Tune in again next week, to see what timeless gem I dust off for your listening pleasure. Seriously. I need to get someone into this archive room and do some cleaning. It's filthy. You've been listening to a podcast of the Podfix Network. Discover more audible gems like this at podfixnetwork.com. Make sure to catch up-to-the-minute network shenanigans by following at Podfix on Twitter, official underscore Podfix on Instagram, at Podfix Network on Facebook. And make sure to subscribe to Podfix Presents wherever you choose to find podcasts. The Podfix Network, artist owned and loved.